And as friends, the Lord promised to fill us in on the details and how he's done this. Well, it's through his very word that he's given us. He's given us the details of not only the plan of salvation, but the plan for this world and the future judgment of this world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. All these things have been given to us in the word of God. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we're going to be looking at John chapter 15. We find here in this final discourse, today we're looking at the vine and the branches. I broke it into four sections. We're going to see the vine and the vine dresser, verses 1 through 8. Chosen and appointed, verses 9 through 17. Hated and persecuted, verses 18 through 25. And then the spirit and truth, verses 26 and 27. Verses 12 through 14. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And we are to be known by the love that we have for one another, that others might know that we belong to Jesus. Have you ever run across a stranger? You're connected with them for some reason. It could be that you're in an elevator together, or maybe you just happen to be in the shopping mall together. Maybe there's an incident that has taken place. Uh, You pull over to change somebody's tire for them, and they just recognize there's something about you. Had uh, people working on our house because of that hailstorm that came through. It not only knocked out the uh, fruit trees, but damaged the roof, the siding, the windows, the hardwood floor inside because it broke through the windows, and it was quite a 10-minute storm, if it was 10 minutes, but it was quite a storm. But uh, the guys who came to finish the floor... And they were there for one day, stripping it and refinishing the floor for us. As they were cleaning up, the younger worker, I was standing outside with him. I'm in flip-flops, a pair of shorts, and a t-shirt. Somehow he commented and said, you you know, you look like a pastor. And I kind of looked down, flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt. He goes, it might be that sticker on the back of your truck that says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He goes, that kind of helps. And plus, he had been in my house, so he's, he had seen uh, my study upstairs because the bathroom downstairs was torn apart for the refinishing of the floors. But 
he had this idea, this inkling, that there was something godly about this guy. You know, people should get that sense when they're with us that we are not of this world in the sense that we react differently in this world. It's being fixed on the Lord that he helps us to control that even when things aren't going well, we, we try to honor God. Love one another. By this they'll know that you are my disciples. Jesus said, truly, if you are my friends, you'll do whatever I command you. You know, there's no greater love. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it's because of this great love for us that Jesus came and God sending him, Jesus coming, dying upon the cross, then we are to love one another. 1 John 4.11, beloved If God so loved us, so also ought we love one another. And to be friends of Jesus, verses 15 through 17, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that you've heard from my father, I've made known to you. So think of servants. We don't think of that too much here in the United States, but we do think of the employee-boss relationship. Oftentimes, either as a servant or an employee, you can be in earshot of plans being made. But it doesn't mean that you understand exactly what's going on. You can hear upper management perhaps talking about the plans that they have for the future of their company. But maybe you only hear part of the plan. And it's not until you're brought into the circle, as Jesus said here, you're my friends, That which I've heard from my Father, I've given to you. I've told you, I've made known to you that we can have true understanding. It's how we become friends of Jesus. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. It's through faith that we uh, come into this friendship with Christ. James 2.23 reminds us that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. And as friends, the Lord promised to fill us in on the details. And how he's done this? Well, it's through his very word that he's given us. He's given us the details of not only the plan of salvation, but the plan for this world and the future judgment of this world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. All these things have been given to us in the word of God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. And so once again, it's the work of the Spirit as well in our lives. He's given us his word, but the revelation of the Holy Spirit revealing the things of God to us, that we're friends of Jesus, that we have been a chosen and appointed by Jesus. And so often it perplexes us as to why God chose us for salvation, to realize that God has chosen us. Second Thessalonians 3.13 says, chosen from the foundation of the world, that we have been chosen from the beginning for salvation. You know, from our perspective, 
it, it seems that we chose Jesus. Don't we say that when we do an appeal, ask people to believe in Jesus, choose God? But from God's perspective, he has chosen us. Those who have been chosen and appointed by God, we discover that the, we then are friends of Jesus. But we also discover, and this is part of it that we don't necessarily care for, that as friends of Jesus, we become the hated and the persecuted. Verses 18 through 25. Verses 18 through 21, it says, If the world hates you, you know that he hated me before it hated you. If you were of this world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, being raised in the United States, for the majority of us, we haven't been subjected to much of the hatred toward believers that takes place on a daily basis throughout the world. I was looking on a website that is called, I think it's christiannews.org. Could be wrong on that now. I was looking at the month of September only of some of the things that's reported in our world. September 5th, 2018, the title of this article, and I've only captured a paragraph from the article, Teen Adopts Christianity After Muslim Extremists Murder Father Who Refused to Convert. 17-year-old Marcos has embraced Christianity after hearing about the strength of his father's faith in the face of death. Marcos' father, Bagat, was murdered in Egyptian streets by Muslim extremists for refusing to denounce his faith and to convert to Islam. Again in Egypt, Christians in Egypt jailed for worshiping in unlicensed house. September 6th, authorities yesterday ordered 15 more days of jail for Christians arrested on August 22nd in Egypt for worshiping in a house without permits, didn't have the proper permits. Do you know that here in the United States, they're starting to pull that here as well? People have been doing house churches, home Bible studies during the week, and there have been challenges saying you have no right to have a, a weekly gathering, to have the roads filled up with people parking on the sides of our roads. And so the, even that's beginning to be challenged in our nation today. September 7th, banned from meeting in church, Rwandan worshipers gather at a home. So this church has been secretly conducting services in a home in the slums on the outskirts of the capital since officials shut down their church in July for failing to comply with building safety standards or other regulations. So they get you one way, they get you another way. Uh, they, hey, you got some safety issues here. One time my dad was a pastor of Mount Carmel Baptist Church over in Zion, and they built a brand new building. And so I remember I was 16, so I was driving. I'm driving by the church one day, and I see this sign on the front window. It was the county kind of condemning the property until the proper inspections took place. So it was a new building. I saw the thing on the window. I drove in to see what it was. And at 16, all I had to do was go home and tell them. I was still living at home at that time. 
He goes, yeah, I knew that sign was there. I took it down Sunday morning that we could have church and then put it back up afterwards. <laughs> so sometimes you have to work around these things. September 7th, again, Chinese authorities tear down crosses, close down churches. According to China Aid, Henan authorities have continued to tear down crosses, and China Aid reports that Christians sang hymn to encourage one another as their cross was ripped down from the Gospel Fellowship in Tongnek's church in Nanyang. So the officials are, what would you do if they're tearing down the cross? They were out there singing hymns to the Lord. Again, in China, September 12th, the authorities closed one of the largest churches in Beijing, according to reports. And then September 12th on Wednesday, again in China, Chinese government shut down a church and members of the house church took the gospel message to the streets. A video uh, captured the church members sharing the gospel, showed them in a public park, singing, praying and sharing the gospel. And then uh, this person taking the video, Gregory, his name, was arrested and then later released. And he released the video as well. But it says, I like this, local authorities shut down a house church. So they thought that that was the end of it. It wasn't. Adding that the police looked on in bewilderment, not knowing what to do. They went out into the parks and they began into the streets to share the gospel. And the police didn't know what to do with them. They kept sharing their faith. Mark 13, 13 reminds us, you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures till the end will be saved. And then he says, verses 20 and 21 of our text, John 15. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. So the world, the unbelievers, they hate and persecuted Jesus so will they hate and persecute those who believe in Jesus. Matthew 5.10 reminds us, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I've read some articles about persecution that took place in other parts of the world. Here's a couple that happened in the United States, still the month of September. High school paints over the name of Christ in football-filled logo. Officials in Louisiana High School Friday painted over, on September 11th, painted over a business logo that contained a cross symbol and the word Christ in a move that baffled the business owner. The logo itself had a cross, the name of the business, and the verse 1 Timothy 4.8. Also on September 11th, a 34-foot historic cross removed from Park. A reluctant panel from the U.S. 11th Circuit Court of Appeals Friday ordered a 34-foot-tall World War II-era memorial cross removed from a public park, saying that it was bound by precedent. The current cross in Bayview Park in Pensacola, Florida, was erected in 1969, replacing the wooden cross that was placed there in 1941. The crosses have been used as sites for veterans and Memorial Day events 
During World War II, the site was used as a place to pray for divine guidance for our nation's leaders, to see through the present darkness of the war. According to the court's ruling, the judges said that they wanted to allow the cross to remain standing, but cannot due to binding court case of 1983 that had similar facts. They said, our hands are tied. It's happening here in the United States. And why does the world persecute believers? Well, Jesus said, because they don't know my Father. They have no relationship. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 3 through 6 says, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Where we find that the world doesn't believe, we also find that all of sin, verses 23, 22 through 25, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hated me hates my father also. So here we find that Jesus spoke God's word to them. And as Jesus spoke the word of God, it revealed their sin. Jesus said, if I hadn't come and spoke the word, they would have no sin. There'd be no revelation of the sin. But now that they know it, I believe this is one of the reasons that people don't like to be reminded of the Ten Commandments that have also been challenged in many of our parks and cities and courthouses. It's a reminder of the laws of God. And if they don't see it, out of sight, out of mind. But the fact that they can see it, it reminds us of the standards that God has set for us. Ezekiel 3.17, God speaks to Ezekiel saying, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, Hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. It is our responsibility to warn, to speak, even if people don't want to hear it or acknowledge it. Jesus spoke the truth of God's word. It revealed their sin, and they hated Jesus for it, which Jesus said was equivalent to hating his father as well. But he also did the works of God. Verse 24, if I had not done the mighty among them, the mighty works which no one else did, they would have no sin, but now they have seen and also hate me and my father. So Jesus spoke the word of God. He also did the works of God. The works revealed that he was the son of God. And because of his works, they hated him for it. They hated the father as well. John five thirty six. for the works which the father has given me to do, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me that my father has sent me. And so they hated Jesus for it. Again, equivalent to hating God himself. But this happened, verse 25, that the word might be fulfilled which was written in the law, and they hated me without a cause. This happened in fulfillment of Psalm 69.4 that says, those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They are mighty who would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, Though I have stolen nothing, I must restore it. That line there, though I have stolen nothing, it reminds us that Jesus went to the cross 
Though he had committed no sin whatsoever, he was perfect and without sin, but he paid the price for you and me. And the hatred and persecution in this world continues to come against those who love Jesus. And finally, the spirit and truth, verses 26 and 27. As I said last week in chapters 14 through 16, we have a great teaching of the work of the Holy Spirit from Jesus, from chapters 14, 15, and 16. And here is the teaching in chapter 15, verse 26. We find throughout this passage that Jesus is called the Helper, the Spirit of Truth. He is the Holy Spirit, and he teaches us concerning the things of Jesus as we find here in verse 26, he will testify of me. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. But he also said he proceeds from the Father. It means to come forth from. And so the Holy Spirit coming forth from the Father, once again, we see the triunity of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, working together to fulfill their divine plan for mankind. And now the Helper coming, the Spirit of Truth, His work to testify of Jesus. This is how you know when you're in a church that is truly operating under the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus Christ is being lifted up. You know, there's a number of churches today where the name of Jesus is barely spoken. They'd rather talk about finding success in this life than finding salvation through Jesus Christ. But you know the Spirit is operating properly when Jesus Christ is being glorified. He will testify of me. The Word tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And in John 16, 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. But it's not just that the Spirit testifies. We get to be part of that as well. Verse 27, our last verse. And you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. It's not only that the Spirit testifies, but we get to be part of that. The Holy Spirit working through us, helps us to bear witness of those who believe and receive Jesus Christ, that we're to bear witness of Jesus to others. Initially, Jesus spoke this to the 11, but this commission has been passed on to all who believe and receive Jesus. In Acts 1.8, it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And being an effective witness of Jesus, not merely believing and receiving, look behind me on our church motto back there, but it's also growing and going. It's growing in our faith. This is the type of growth here. We're studying the word of God. But what if you just take in the knowledge and do nothing with it? We have to go out and share our faith with others. And it's through faith and the empowering of the Holy Spirit that we're able to do that. The helper, the spirit of truth, will always testify of Jesus, but he's also called us to be witnesses as well. 
Father, I pray that you'd help us to do that, that there is truly no greater love that is seen through your giving your life upon the cross. Help us, Lord, to display that love to others, that others might see the love that we have toward one another and know that we belong to you. And I pray, Father, as we have uh, mentioned, especially uh, mentioning from Africa to Egypt to China, specifically today, even in the United States, those who have been hated and persecuted in our world just in this month alone, I pray that you'd be with our brothers and sisters. Thank you for the faithfulness of the father who went to death because he would not renounce his faith and for the son who followed in the faith of his father. And thank you, Father, for uh, the great love of those Christians in China who sang hymns as they watched the cross of their church being torn down by the government or who went out into the street to witness when their church was taken away from them. And they began to share and to sing and to praise there in the streets, bewildering the police department, not knowing what to do with their faith. I thank you, Lord, for people like this. Help us to be such strong believers. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847 265 646 that's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.